This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Hey, folks. Welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. Uh, Rich, what's going on, man? Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Um, it seems like you're, you're it seems like you're heading towards something. Uh, you actually just really want to wish me a happy Dr. King Day, or is or do you want to go somewhere with this? I mean, um, you know, we got some great commenters um, in the uh, uh, in the chat as always. Uh, we reacted to uh, JD from New York's passionate plea to keep the title on Roman Reigns. Instead of Hulk Hogan, or excuse me, to take the belt off of Roman Reigns in favor of Hulk Hogan and him holding the title and uh, racism and blah blah blah. There's there's a lot of stuff. In how that. many days away is Roman from that wreck from Hogan's uh, second in in longest reign? I thing think anyway? it's sometime in September, if I'm not mistaken. Um, if you guys are hearing this in the podcast only form, uh, there will be a, you, a clip that you'll be able to cut and watch how we completely deconstructed that shit. Um, but as far as uh, MLK Day, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, did did Cody do a promo on on Raw or something? Like, wouldn't it be so fitting for for, for Cody Rose to um, do a promo on MLK Day? Kind of like um, I feel like it would sound similar to that Pat McAfee stuff. D- did you come across the Pat McAfee by any chance? I actually did, and it was actually like, what is it with these white men that have these platforms that are famous talking about them being canceled? D- do they not have the self awareness to realize that like you can't be? Ca- How are you can't quote unquote canceled if you are on ESPN spouting this? You you're getting Disney checks, you asshole. <laughs> Stop gaslighting me! God damn it! It's it's it's. We've actually boring. seen people get you know sidelined and pulled off air uh, for things they've said, and actually been quote unquote canceled, if you will, uh, for things they've said on on Disney Sports Channel. We've actually seen it. Hi, Jamel Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, she didn't even say it on air. She she tweeted out that she had the nerve to tweet out that Donald Trump, a white supremacist was a white supremacist and they got, and lost her job and got pulled for that. Amazing. Amazing how that works. Um, yeah, but uh, it's MLK Day. Um, 
I don't know, as the years pass, MLK Day becomes more interesting to me just to see who's going to interpret the message as what. Um, and, and also, like, you know, seeing that FBI post go up every year. Yeah. Community notes completely violated them. I didn't I didn't realize that happened. Completely violated them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was great. Um, but yeah, the the whole um, thing with Roman and um, holding the belt, it is like uh, I don't know how you can really even. Everybody knows this, this rain is like they've artificially like inflated this thing like that much. So like if if people are passionate about it and stuff like that, I mean, God bless them. But like, open your eyes, like. I- <laughs> Like, 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 I don't think uh, he did anything past WrestleMania this year where it was like, oh, yeah, that belt needed to be on him. This shit was like, how it's he I used to say is make believe, you know, this is <laughs> <laughs> it's not real, you know, it's I also the part where it's like, you can make it mean whatever you want to because there's, you know, because like Roman has. It has this gaudy, like, rain for days, right? But, like, how about you throw in the fences? How about you, how about you like, filter that out, right? And it's like, is he, is he, has he had 30 defenses? I don't think so. There's no way. Right. Maybe, so, maybe like 20. He's had at least 25. I don't think he's had 30. Right. I think it's somewhere around, it's somewhere in the 20s. So, it's like, all right, do you want to compare that to Hogan's? Run. Getting a message on the phone. Paul Pierce got canceled for strippers from uh, MP. <laughs> yes, he. Uh, well, he, he did lose his job. On, at he ESPN. had strippers on his live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's not so much canceled as like, hey, like we have a code of conduct, and this clearly violates it, you <laughs> asshole. Like you, agree, you signed this and agreed to this, and then you violate. Like some of this stuff is like, if you want to call it canceling, I'm, I'm fine with that. But it's like. What are we doing? Like, like, did he did he did he know the rules or did he not know the rules? Like, I, I feel like we got to start there. And, and also going back, like we're like people are talking about canceling in terms of um, Pat McAfee. We're talking about uh, like canceling, and, and and that was brought up in terms of Dr. King, which was like, well, you've been canceled as people say they don't really like like you or whatever else because you you know you you're probably you know I mean we get into his politics whatever else, but like. Dr. King's canceling is like someone shot his fucking shot him in the fucking head and killed him. Like it's not this isn't these aren't equal things. It's a little different, man. It's, it's, Just it's, saying. Like so you for, so for people to invoke his name to talk about cancel culture is like you are alive, breathing and, and spouting these words out of your mouth. Shut you asshole. What is wrong with you? Yeah. You you did not take your ass to Memphis, Tennessee, give a speech, had that shit immortalized. Uh, you were not thrown into Birmingham jail. Yeah. For peaceful you, protest. Like, this didn't happen to you, you know? Um, like, you didn't get shot before you were 40 years old. He'd be 95 today, I believe. Wow. Oh, man, like, bro, like, th- like, <laughs> like, this shit happened in 1968. Yep. Where I would say the modern kind of reckoning year 
of our lifetime was like four years ago, right? Maybe like 2020, shit like that. Uh, 21. I mean, you can say Ferguson, but like... Yeah, you can, go Ferguson, anything, Ferguson anything after 2013. Anything between right. Ferguson and George Floyd, sure. Yeah. Right. And then, um, you know, that's not that, like... <laughs> far away like 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 my mom was born in 1961 so right you know you know my grandma still alive her birthday's the end of the month she's born in 1942 you know i mean someone pointed this out today like you know people talk about like you know the people always like to act like this stuff is so far away or whatever else it's like hey uh i don't know like you're t- we're talking on an app where like you know dr king's daughter is on it's on the fucking app talking every day it's like this is a, like this is a recent thing i know people talk about redlining whatever else like uh and like communities and and all this kind of stuff and everything is like hey man these people are still alive to tell their stories right right so, it, yeah, and man. so often um people want to retell them that like at least can can we wait for all of them to die like before they start like freestyling it's just like they they playing in our face disrespecting i feel like so well that's how um, the okie doke works right yeah, like bro yeah. today I, I shit you not during halftime of this uh eagles bucks game is going on right now where the bucks are beating the brakes off the eagles right during halftime abc uh news desk popped in up to, to talk about like uh the Iowa caucus mm-hmm well, Trump's predicted to win, right? But before oh they my. moved on, they put up a graphic of the voters in the Iowa caucus asking how many people believe that Joe Biden won the 2020 election legitimately. It was almost two to one that they vote that they believe that he did not win legitimately. Yeah, Rich. So like the okie doke and thing like is time passed whatever's no James, the okie doke happened in, is happening in real this life shit, it still continues this shit has worked like this big lie I don't want to say it's officially worked right it's not the election's not till November it's worked right? on the people that want it to work for them yes the the marks have been had let's just say that we all watch pro wrestling that that you know watch this show there is a wrestling angle playing out and it's been playing out for the last four years like. <laughs> with this shit um yeah um whipping the base incredible um yeah yeah um wasabi king points out it's iowa yes it's iowa it's it it doesn't make it any less it doesn't make it any less it's um, a it's a domino effect iowa kind of usually tells the story on a lot of these things um. Yep. Yeah, but like, I'm aware of them. Like we're all aware of the demographics of America, of, of Iowa. We, we're all aware. Um. That's still. That's still disheartening. Yeah. yeah um, it's, it's not surprising. It's just it's like wow. No one. No one has taken a step back over these. Over you know since the 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 insurrection have been like. We was tripping. Nah. Like, <laughs> no, nah, the, the only thing I was tripping was like, we didn't actually, you know, get it done. Man, well, we do not want to hand this country over uh, to next generation of 
of less white people. That's that's really what it comes down to. This is our country. That's that's yep. that's really that's really what that is, and we and we are and we are going to hand it down to our kids. Uh, question, uh, Brewhaven. You think if Biden wins, I promise we are not a political podcast, but um, I mean, it sounds like it's all around. Look, look, it's all around us. Let's just say that. Like um, we're ten minutes into the show already. If Biden wins, do you think there will be a second January six? Oh, absolutely. But it won't be January six. It will be November fourth. <laughs> Or whenever the fuck the uh, election day. Hold election on, when's day election day? Oh, Somebody look it up. November fifth. First I don't Tuesday know. of November, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody need to vote early. Get your mail in. All that shit. Like if if that's your, it'll be the you know, fifth. Okay. You I'm know whatever you great whatever you want to vote for. Do it. Do it legitimately. Like that's all I ask. Like do it legitimately. You know. Don't be trying to vote for dead people. Don't be sure. To Don't be doing that because no one does that. Only people that talk about about voter fraud and people that are you know trying to. I got a story for you off the air. Um, but yeah, man, yeah, just drive people to polls, whatever. Yes, yes, um, <laughs> a lot of that. But um, let's 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 move it all over to uh to some pro wrestling, man. Um, it's been a wild fucking week on Twitter. Um, and before I get into the real topic, <laughs> which is Jack Perry returning, um, this stuff is get, getting out of control on Twitter. Um, as far as like just everything that happened with the uh, Tony Khan and Jinder Mahal fallout and then Eric Bischoff jumping in, Dave Meltzer, all the Griffey, everyone's just so unhappy, I think, with... I don't know. I don't know what they're really unhappy with. Um, I have some ideas. I mean, do you uh, want to go blow by blow through all of the like, not necessarily like the the, the like quoting the tweets, being like the general the gist of what happened? Yeah, like it. It all started kind of with, with Tony Khan like replying to the USA Network, who was talking about cage match. Obviously, in recent times, Tony Khan is you know talked about cage match ratings and you know using them to uh kind of gauge you know fan reaction mm-hmm. so to say and obviously you know cage match has kind of been under attack ever since this has been kind of brought to uh the public i saw something today where i was like yo this isn't normal man like what about wrestling just makes people act like, like this and it's like Sprung to the whole thing with Jinder Mahal um, getting brought up by Tony Khan, where he's saying Jinder did not win a match in the last 365 days. So how is he a legitimate contender well, as compared to Hook? Right, that was brought because people were giving AEW slash Hook shit for challenging Samoa Joe to um, a title match um, on this particular on this coming week's episode of Dynamite. Yeah, yeah, um, and. Whether that was a loud complaint or a soft complaint, it got to Tony Khan. Um, And then from there, it exploded. Um, People kind of read that thing however they wanted to take it, thinking he was banging on Jinder Mahal, calling him trash. I didn't read that. I I thought it was a booking critique. but It was. um, And to be fair, for for those that took it as such, 
Tony Khan has in the past like shat on talent that is not his, which I think is um things something he should never she should never do. Yes, so I can, I can he did while he didn't do it this time. He's done it before, so people took it. I think it was Took like that that, that Undertaker and and John Cena thing or whatever. Like, yes. like I didn't like that. I thought that was kind of right. out of bounds. Um, but this one was like more like a zinger at the booking. But you know, people take how they take it. Um, from there, it kind of exploded. People were saying, "Hey, what about Abaddon?" And then he set straight on record straight on that. From there, you know, a lot of stuff started popping up with with Eric Bischoff and. Uh, you know how how Bischoff gets down uh, with, with his his thing. Griff. He doesn't. Yeah, it's it's all a griff. Like he doesn't watch the shows. Um, his eighty three weeks content, the actual eighty three week stuff, I believe has you know. But but as long as he's been doing that show, that shit's been over. So I don't <laughs> like like we know you know what's going on here. Um, and then like uh, you know, obviously the assault on, on Cage Match. Um, we had a lot of shows this weekend. New Japan. TNA, AEW had a, had a show. Started seeing wrestlers move around. We're gonna definitely talk about the Deanna Perazzo thing, um, which is just like I think there's another portion of this that I don't. I think people are, are have well intentions, but they're not getting either. Um, and it all kind of like I'm seeing just all this general unhappiness from wrestling fans right mm-hmm. and it's like wrestle kingdom just happened like aw's been on a great run WWE's wwe's doing well, doing well. like what the fuck are we it, all complaining about right it, like what is really driving the the unrest like like is it like just people just can't take the fact there's a second American promotion. Like, and from there, it's like just this, it was this grenade that was thrown in the room. So everybody has to act up. So like, when I see like these journalists, like saying like, Oh yeah, TNA is a legit number two now out of their spite when, you know, there are people that are known to be very negative on AEW. And it's like, how, how are you saying this when, I believe, and this is not a shot at TNA or anything, I believe they did, I don't know, how many pay-per-view buys? Maybe 6,000 pay-per-view buys? I'm not sure. And then, like, AW's doing 140,000 pay-per-view buys. It's like, this isn't the same. Like, we don't have to lie. Mm -hmm. Like, I I don't have to say that, yeah, uh, AW's television deal is just as much as WWE. No, it's not like we're post-fact. This shit and it, it ties into the we were talking about the politics stuff earlier. It was like yeah. these people have dug their feet in and are acting up in any way possible to sow unrest. There was something uh, a fake uh, arena bulletin that Brian Last was retweeting and saying it was given to him not to not to cheer CM Punk fans. Nick Hausman, that scoundrel, is retweeting that stuff just with no context and it's like these are people that are um in Hausman's uh <clears throat> you know in his case he's calling himself a journalist right and you're retweeting these clearly fake like things like we've seen and it's like who's going through the trouble to make all these things and if you want to hear more um Nick Hausman getting lit on fire listen to the Trish and Sarah podcast from last week um <laughs> but yeah man it 
I just have noticed this stuff, and it's like, it's sad, man. I and and it's, and it's discouraging. It makes you not want to like really interact with the app. Um, I try to stay plugged in on this stuff, so I understand it at least. Like, I don't want to be caught off guard and then not know what the okie doke is or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's why I kind of you know stay. Say, oh, this is where this has come from. This is this because I'm not gonna get fooled. Like, I, like I'm not. I refuse to be the last person to to find out about this stuff. To like come across that thing and actually believe it. Like, this is <laughs> this is so far from the Facebook group wrestling group. Like, what this show and this network by proxy is. It's like we're trying to cut through all of that shit. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and, I, and I think we've always been. Yeah, like, and, and it's like, like no, there's room for opinion on what you like and what you don't like out of whatever show you're watching. That's a pro wrestling show. It's another thing to just like throw out stuff that did not happen, is not true, for the sake of making a a, a point towards whatever your argument is. What's the point? It's dishonest. Why are we doing this? And it's like, it's 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 all tied to all this stuff of like. The internet and the way people manipulate, the way you can manipulate the internet um, now, especially with the way that uh, Twitter is, is like it's so much easier to like get these things across as opposed to immediately like tossed off to the side and get a community notes put thing put on it. Like because it's, it's ultimately the more important thing is like as you mentioned as you mentioned earlier, like the FBI tweeting happy MLK day to a person they fucking interrogated and sent a, a, you should kill yourself letter to, right? Mm -hmm. That's far more important than fucking fake fighting. But the disinformation campaign and that kind of stuff is happening in every aspect of social media, because this isn't a pro wrestling problem. This is a people problem. The same thing when we talk about, you know, um, Someone, another person gets shot unjustly uh, by the police, and we're talking about like what can we do as far as training um, and blah 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 to make sure these things that never happen to uh, these people. And it's like this isn't you can't solve policing because this is a human problem. This is a societal issue, and everyone in the society, or everyone that's a cop and has a badge and a gun and a taser and pepper spray and a nightstick is in the society. There's nobody, there's, unless we're going to find motherfuckers from Superman's planet to, to come here, we can't solve this. So, yeah, man, like, it's, this is, this is all a part of this, and this is, like, the thing of, um, and it's been happening, and this is why we talk about, like, um, you know, whoever, you know, media person has any bit of credibility or whatever else, or any kind of limelight or whatever else, it starts going one way or the other. You can start, we start getting on them. Cause like when Sam started doing this shit, we were on them. When Raj Geary started doing this shit, we, we get on them. Cause it's like, this is what's happening. Like when Seth, when, 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 um, Meltzer and Seth have had their back and forth over the years, I'm always like, Hey man, y'all shouldn't be doing this. Especially you, Meltzer. <clears throat> all it does is like, so discord amongst the worst, people that gather at the bottom of a comment sections and the and i'm here to tell you the uh the bottom part is rising now like <laughs> like it's going up and what's happening is smart people are using their gift for evil <laughs> like yeah someone like eric someone like eric bischoff can come along he knows not that. a not a dumb guy by by any stretch of the imagination knows what to say sees the way the wind is blowing on a particular issue right 
plants themselves there. Whoever listens to Eric Bischoff makes it, you know, roll down the stream. Eventually, it reaches someone like Tony Khan. Tony Khan goes back and forth with them. And ultimately, it's like, yeah, in the moment, it's kind of entertaining. You see Tony Khan light the guy on fire, whatever, right? But people don't remember Tony Khan ultimately like getting the the correction off. People just remember the flame war, the gathering, the this is why I don't like them. This is why right. I don't do anything with this. It, this is why it, like and it, it all gets like it, swallowed up. It's never it's uh, me and you the, the the thing that me and you have and why we bonded so so much over the years and why we became friends and why we do the show and why I think the show works so well is because as you I think I think the ten year anniversary you mentioned like me and you have good memories. Mm-hmm. So like when people start doing this is, and I was actually telling this to somebody because um, they're like this is oddly specific how you remember this I should to my doctor about like th- these things or as far as like remember my remembering my medical history or whatever so I'm remembering these oddly specific things. And I was like, and she was like, it's odd that you were, or it's like, she's like, oh, it's interesting. You remember all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, it's good. It's good to have a good memory until like, until you're, until you're, you remember all this stuff and you have to, and you, and like you're in relationships with people or whatever else. And like, they feel like you're keeping score as opposed to just being friends. Cause it's like, I just remember the shit. I just remember it. So it's like, I'm not keeping score or at least I'm not trying to, I just happen to remember so when people do the, you know, when people with me, I'm, over the time when I get in arguments with people that you know I know, and then I'm just like, what about this, this, and this? And be like, how do you remember? I just remember. I'm sorry. I just do. So like, and I use, I use the points for who wins and who loses and who was right and who was wrong or whatever else when all this kind of stuff as like who I should listen to and who I should continue to ignore. Those will be 100% right. I just tend to represent people that are more right than not. Or have a, um, or I feel like their process for why they, for how they judge things are better than others over time. Well, obviously, you know, you're going to get into wrong results, but that's the process of results that I, I talk about on the show every so often. So, mm-hmm. this is a part of that. Like, that's the reason why, you know, I, I, you know, over the decade, I've just loathe how the debate shows that were political shows have turned into the debate shows that are the, the sports shows. So you're not actually learning or anything, anything substantive. You're just learning like this person, th- these two people on these particular, on whatever issue, yelling at each other back and forth. And like, they go back and forth over and over. No one's ever just lays it down. It's like, all right, you've won, you've won the war on this, right? Like somewhere, somebody, we are, we're not doing it. Somewhere, somebody is still trying to hold up the, the Darren Williams, Chris Paul thing. <laughs> right you know what i'm saying like it's always you know and and obviously i'm just talking about obviously i said it's poppy but like there is the, the ongoing jordan in in lebron thing going right right there is there is still like this durant or steph thing or durant and lebron thing or steph in lebron thing that happens on the internet all the time and it's like this is so fucking stupid time has already been time has passed on this stuff we know who is better. You just like this person more. It's fine that you like this person more. That person was fucking awesome. You can have your taste or whatever else, but like we don't have to do this back and forth in shit posts on, oh, LeBron at 39, uh, rim to dunk. Oh, Steph miss a, th- uh, miss a free throw. What are we doing? <laughs> are you enjoying what you're watching? 
Because I've enjoyed watching Steph Curry and LeBron James. I've enjoyed watching these Seth Rollins matches on pay-per-view. I've enjoyed watching Guther on pay-per-view, right? Like, I've enjoyed Rey Mysterio uh, come out here on pay-per-view every few months. I've enjoyed Bad Bunny. I've enjoyed uh, Orange Cassidy. Are, do you all enjoy any of this? And that's, like, that's your overall point. It's like, all this stuff happening. It's like, do you all enjoy this? It's like, the algorithm is making people miserable. And people, people yes. don't realize the algorithm is meant to fire off negativity. The, once you learn that, it's so much easier to be like, oh, this is bullshit. This is all bullshit. This is not a real place anyway. It Like, the person that just dumped on me and retweeted and quote tweeted me or whatever else saying that my one thing is wrong or whatever else. Like, if I saw the person face to face, they would not talk to me like this. Right. Right. There, there was, you know. We have fucked up, we have fucked up human communication interaction. And the, and, and the thing is like, these things were meant to make it faster and you to see some of the uh, things that you never would have saw. And ultimately, like, Twitter, TikTok, all social media, at its best, is fucking amazing, right? Think all the memes you save to your phone. Think all the videos you save to your phone. Think all the... All the think all about the, the people that you meet. Right, right? You know? Think all the shows and, and, and content and, things, and media you never always would have seen if not for the algorithm knows you like this one, like something... And we're gonna, and it found somebody that made something on the other side of the fucking planet that we know that you really think we may enjoy, right? For engage, for you to stay on the app. But on the other side is that for you to stay on the app, we gotta get. You also gotta give you shit you you will that will make you roll your eyes or make you blow up. And that's the trade off. And sometimes the trade off ain't fucking worth it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just seems like. The last four, five years since AEW's existed, it's been like, yeah, I, I don't know if it was it was Rich, no, was or Joe Lanza was talking about it. Like the WWE AEW thing is is worse than pretty much anything, <laughs> like because like the amount of people that are involved, we in have this more weapons now. The ease of compute, yes, the ease of communication, right? Facebook groups, TikTok on. Uh, or wrestling on TikTok, wrestling on Instagram, wrestling on Twitter, wrestling on Reddit. These are all distinct places with their own kind of languages, of communication style. Yep. Yes, flavor of hate, all that. And it's like, and then YouTube, I didn't mention. Oh, God. So, like, <clears throat> it's it's crazy. Like, I saw something with, with Deanna Perrazzo, um, and she's, this isn't, anything new that she's talked about and, you know, she addressed it and, um, you know, there were, there were people making comments about, um, her appearance, her weight, her ring gear, uh, contrasting it to WWE, WWE wouldn't let something like this happen. And I've seen a lot of, I people, guess we're forgetting uh, the part where, and then we're also forgetting the part where like, you know, she was in WWE less than three years ago. Correct. Um, and then, you know, I saw a lot, of, a lot of people obviously coming to her, uh, age. She spoke up for herself. Shout out to her for doing that. Uh, but I, something I think, you know, when you're speaking on behalf, if you want to, like, um, go up for Deanna Perrazzo in this situation, I promise you uploading a picture of her and going on about how sexy she is is not the answer. No, it's not. <laughs> I kept seeing this over and over and over. And then, like, she's a total smoke show. Da, da, da. Like, that's not the correct um like counter to that. Bro, like that's like I just, 
this person, they deserve dignity. That's where you got to begin. So, bro, like I typed in Deanna and then typed in the first four letters of her name, right? And what pops up in the automatic thing is Deanna Perrazzo, weight, Deanna Perrazzo, body. Right. I didn't even get a chance to type in her fucking name. You know what I'm saying? We we see the combos. All this stuff is related. All this stuff is related. Yeah, and she's in, because now you know she was in she was in WWE in NXT and WWE. She went off to TN Impact, and now she's she's been thrust into this the wrestling war. She's been she's been thrust into you know um, this, and it sucks, man. It sucks. And I mean, she's always I mean not always, but she's gotten it for years. She's gotten it for years, but now it's going to be amplified because. People deem this to be an outlaw mud show, and therefore outlaw mud show has these optic images or these optic problems. And optic problems is, you know, one of the athletes doesn't look like how you want to look. Incredible. Yeah. Um. It fucking sucks, man. It's like, you know, it, it sucks. It, it just does. It's it's always sucked. Um. And this is, another, this is another chapter of it. It is going to be another chapter next week. And next week after that. Um, and, like, as you mentioned, like, all these shows, like, AEW's like, doing well. Like, Post-AVF title change, is, 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 they've done well. WWE, like, I, don't, I don't bring up all this stuff to, to claim to even have the answer for it. I just have to bring it up. Right. Because right. it's like... I don't know what we do. Like, it's, I mean, so, uh, I mean, sometimes you got to check in. happier. Sometimes you got to check in and be like, what the hell are we doing? Yeah, I, I feel like I had to shake, shake the baby a little bit on this. Like, yo, like... Hey, yo, that's a crazy... That's a crazy... <laughs> you got to shake the baby. You know, shake the table a little bit. Yeah, yeah please, yes, please, a table. Okay. Not a... Not a... Yeah. <laughs> this, man you know. here, this man out here with this infant CTE. Woo. Yeah, yeah, like you gotta shake the table a little bit on this because it's like, as you mentioned, I I think the rest, you know, the 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 companies are, are doing their things right now, and it's just like, and I think it's there's a lot of exciting stuff to come. WrestleMania season's happening. The Road to Revolution is, is happening. Uh, New Japan has like some things kind of bubbling that could be interesting or whatever. But man, you would never know it. Like the way people are just going to war over anything right now, and it's like it's a war zone. And I, you know, I'm not 100 percent innocent. If I see somebody out here lacking or whatever, I'll get them. But like, I'm not trying to like ruin their lives and like <laughs> completely just like fuck them up. Like, no, man. Like that's like you know, it's just disheartening. But um, to Jack Perry, as I was mentioning, um. Uh, someone else who's who's getting a lot of this shit from a specific, you know, corner. Uh, you know, the Young Bucks thing uh, that also happened this week. You know, we got they got named as as Sting's final opponent, and man, people were upset. Um, but yeah, we'll start with Jack Perry. Jack Perry returned at Battle in the Valley. Big beard. Um, real, real beard. Jack Perry jumps out wearing the Bushi mask. Um, so he was uh front row. The security didn't even know what was happening at first, and then they got tipped off after. They were about to try to like really separate him and shit. But he jumps on Shota Umino, 
gives him a sick looking knee, pulls an AEW contract out of his back pocket, rips it up, and completely works people into thinking wrestling is real in a way that I don't know what Jack Pitt, bro. I I have told I was talking to Josh. I was talking to you about it. I'm like, bro, he has people right now, and and he has them out of like, <laughs> you know, the way Eric Bischoff is is looking at it. Like as far as like I'm going to make this shit work for me. I think Jack Perry is going to do it in a much more productive fashion. Let's just say that. And this this whole thing with him ripping the contract up, it was like people have bitten on this in a way that, in a modern angle, they they just hook, line, and sinker. They can do they can go wherever they want with it now. Have you caught wind of this stuff, James? I heard something about he ripped a t- he ripped up a contract or whatever else, and people and people were like. It got some type of buzz, and for me, I was like, "Wait a second, wait a second. So, like, Kalen DeBoer, who just became Alabama's head coach, just succeeded Nick Saban. Like, I'm sure he had to get bought out by the University of Washington or by Alabama buying out University of Washington's contract to then sign him. So, you mean to tell me all Kalen DeBoer had to do was pull up a copy of his contract and rip it up, up and everything was and everything's a okay? You fucking Neanderthal mor- morons, like." <laughs> Of course it's fucking fake. You think these people are... We just we, we spent the past... Especially with Jack Perry, right? Because Spitch was CM Punk. We know they have legal... What, what what are we doing? Like, I I don't know if it's just like people got lost in that or whatever else. I don't know. Maybe they did. Like, then congrats to you because like you got lost in a way that like, I just never can. And when things like this happen, I'm always... I'm always it pulls me out of me, my Spitch. Because like, you're pointing out how this is not real. When you do that, like when Eddie Kingston says this is real, I'm like, you're, you're by you saying that it makes me now make, it makes me remember that it's not real. Stop. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but, but some of the stuff I saw were just so people, so many people just angry that he returned. He, he, he hope he gets fucked up and like his life ruined. Uh, great comment from Brewhaven. The reason is because they think CM Punk is their father. Yes, there's some of that, you know, that's in there. Uh, yeah, I guess. so like he's getting like. He's getting the 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 working like, hey, this is a good angle. He's getting that. He's getting like this this internet militia working against his every move, and they're getting wrapped up in it. Yes, <laughs> this is a great point, Brewhaven. Yes, people have more anger for Jack Perry than Matt Riddle. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Can I? Can I? No, can I? They act like they act like Jack Perry broke the law. Rich, Holy can I, shit. I? I'm not going. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say the joke that I admit to you about Matt Riddle all, offline the other day or yesterday. But like, I'm gonna give you another version. Like, Matt Riddle shows up to the arena, and like, all I think of for New Japan Pro Wrestling of America, and all I think of is like the skit that's been going around. Anytime someone is uh is a sex pest, he's like. You know, you know they got your mans. They got your mans on sex assault charges. The nigga you be hanging with. Your homeboy. The whole time he knew. You didn't feel bad or nothing? Like, yes, I... I, I yes, he he has appeared to have gotten less shit than... And you know what that is also? It's also because the WWE run him out there and didn't give, didn't give a fuck. 
until he got, you know, into the, the situation the airport um, at the end deal. of last year with the uh at the airport. Like these people like don't actually like have moral compasses and like and are discerning or critical thinkers. What happens is like these people are like, all right, well, if if my if the football team lets him play, if the if the if the fake wrestling promotion lets him fake fight, then that then I mean that's then that means he's innocent. No. That's not how that works. You have to think for yourself. <laughs> Look, I don't know whether that's a good or bad thing, like for, for some of these people. I mean, given what we just talked about, you're you're probably right. But I'm saying people just people do the old like, you know, it's complicated or or it's, it's not an easy decision. It comes, you know, so they, they don't know the answer, so they rely on the institution to therefore make it make the decision for them in their mind. That's what happens. <laughs> I want to bring it back to Jack Perry. Um, I'm going to tell you why I'm really excited about this. I, I thought there was a palpable buzz behind this thing. Twitter lit up. Obviously, uh, I had been wondering when Jack out loud is, was going to be able to come back on Twitter the last like couple weeks, especially since the Devils reveal. I'm like, all right, man, what are we doing, bro? Like, and he finally shows up. I'm a big fan of the guy. I always have been, and um, I think I because I don't know what it is right now. Like, I don't know if this is him setting up just a match for a battle in the valley. I don't know if he's going to hang around for like three months six months something like that i'm here to tell you if jack perry gets like a six month excursion mid-career per se he will wrestle more like often these six months than yeah, he's done go ahead. the four years he's been in AEW. oh i thought when you were gonna you say the- he I thought you were going to say, like, if he wrestles for six months and he's not and he's healthy, like, he presumably will wrestle more than see him punked in his entire AEW tenure. I wasn't going to do that, but you can have that one. <laughs> okay. I know. But, I, was, I was trying to figure out how you, how, how you was going with that one. Okay. But I think this guy had showed up on national TV when he was 22 years old. Yep. He's 26 now. I think his development thus far has been admirable, right? As far as being an in-ring talent. Yeah, yeah. Character, promo stuff, whatever. Everybody wants to see him do the weakest part of his thing. I don't think we need to focus on that. I think you need to focus on the strengths. And what he is, is an awesome wrestler. Oh, my God. General Mahal and Seth Rollins went 20. Jesus Christ. Um, But I think Jack Perry will get a workload like he's never gotten or hasn't gotten since the independent circuit wrestling less than once a week for four years. How much can you really grow new environment for this guy, new expectations kind of like in the best case scenario, he joins the new Japan cup. He does a couple tours. He gets a tag team partner. He joins a unit. He does the G one. Even this guy, when he comes back, just looking at him coming into AW, he's the perfect guy and I don't know if, like, you know, folks that like New Japan don't, if, if they're resistant to Jack Perry. I don't know if it's because they don't feel like they want to have people dumped off on them that are either mm-hmm. in need of some kind of rehab or anything like that. But I'm like, yo, everyone, when it comes to New Japan, the popular topic is how people are walking out the door, not yeah. walking in the door. 
Jack Perry going over there with the people that are driving this hate train against him, people that like him, and he does have a pretty big fan base, they're definitely going to check in on this guy and like see what he's doing. So like, I kind of compared it to Tetsuya Naito. People saw Tetsuya Naito one way before he went to Mexico. Mm-hmm. He was obviously a great wrestler. He's better than Jack Perry before you know Jack's leaving now or mm-hmm. whatever. But he was also way older than Jack Perry too. Yeah. Um, I think you know, and then when he comes back, let him work out like kind of a new presentation and everything off like that. Like elsewhere, I think this is beneficial for New Japan, and I think if it's me, <laughs> I call and say, hey. How can we keep this guy there, work something out, we'll, we'll figure out all his finishes, and then re-debut him at Wembley next year? Or this coming year, or whatever. I, I knew what you meant. Um, I mean, sure. Right? Like, it's... I don't know I don't know what the place for him will be right now if he were to come right back to AEW, right? So, that's fine. Um, if, And it also depends on if he wants to do it, right? Like, it's not like... This seems like something he wants to do. Like I don't think Tony Khan is punishing him and say you will now have to go. You will now have to take it to the Naga to the Naga Dojo, or you got to take it to the LA yeah. Dojo. I don't think that's how that works. You will um, hit the squats in right. front of Yuji Nagata. Right, right. You like nah? You got to yeah. You, you saw that shit that that that, that show hit Yo with at Wrestle Kingdom. You got to now go take that from 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 Yo and in I'm sorry not Yo but Rin. You got to now take that from Rin and you got to start hitting hitting the the pushups now. But um, yeah, I just think uh. I don't. I don't have a problem with this. I don't have a problem with this. Um, it, it's, I'm glad he's back. Um, he's gonna have some matches, and I'm interested to see what he does. Uh, and what you know, what keeping the strong style has, you know, as far as like you know, reviews on it, um, on the road twos and everything else. Um, and you know, the U.S. and uh, U.S. stuff that he, that's gonna be going on. I'm assuming he's gonna be part of as well. And um, you know, there is a ready-made storyline for him the second he comes back. Yep. And like he, he can finish he... the story with Christian. He can, get the, he, he can go win the. Oh, no, I'm not Like he can go. Like he can win the TNT title from Christian. As a babyface or or what? Like I know there's months for now. There's months to figure that. Oh, out. Okay. Must figure that. Out. <clears throat> um, I think, I think you know, he should be probably like putting all he can into really like differentiating like like all right. There's the before I left. You know, the before Wembley 2023 and after. So, like, uh, I like the beard. I like the, the the look. Like, it looks way grimier, grungier. And, like, um, I, I think the guy, like, has a lot of talent. And, like, you know, we'll, we'll see if he ultimately ends up as a, uh, as a top star one day. But I think he's someone that, like, will outlast, you know, while other people, like, rise. And it's like he's – He's a slow, steady climber, I think. We're going to look up, and he's going to be like, you know, eventually like 30 years old, <laughs> 32. And then it's like, oh, shit. Like, he's been doing it for years and years, and he's got all these opponents, all this history. And I think he's I, I think he's going to be real for a lot of years. Did we see – did we get a chance to see what his body looked like now? No, because he had the jacket on still. Did his face? Did his? I mean, obviously he had the beard, but like, like it looked like the same person. It's a little his bigger. Face. Do you think that was just the beard, though? Possibly. Yeah, because because one thing is like you know he comes to New Japan, cool, but he comes to New Japan and he's still the same size he was. He's gonna be in there with people that are gonna all be bigger than him, 
because all the LA Dojo dudes are a lot bigger than him. Shota Umino is gigantic compared to him. Yeah, that. So that's what I meant. Like he's like the thing with, with Jungle Boy is like you know he has height, but like his frame is he just he just is like got that Durant. I don't know about that as much as just like it just don't look like he like really values lifting like going into lifting weights and like whatever it is what it is. But if you're gonna go to New Japan, that's gonna matter. That's gonna yeah. be a thing. If you're gonna go on, if you're gonna go on excursion, that's gonna be a thing. Yeah, because he's gonna um, be in there with, like he's gonna be in there with fucking Gabe Kid and, and Connors and shit. Like, and like to Jack Perry's credit, he not no bitch. Like he, he stood up to all that rush, you know, chopping and, yeah. and shit like that. But uh, it's I would still, like, recommend his chest caved in what was happening though. Yeah, I, I would recommend that you know he he does put that work in, you know, with that as well, like on the body, on the you know, on the physique just for his his main event and like you know we see it all the time guys get bigger like as they grow into main eventers like yeah, yeah. i mean it's, it's, only, it's kind of strange how that always happens he's still 26 yeah. you know it ain't yeah. you know people's bodies are gonna like he's not gonna look like this when he's 30 <clears throat> right right um but yeah really exciting um and, and everyone's buzzing so like he, if they're doing him and show to umino that's that's awesome like those guys are like you know, right there, like, <laughs> like, and you know, you need new things to happen with these guys for future Forbidden Door things and uh, stuff like that. It can't just be, oh man, we're just waiting. Who's Okada going to wrestle this time and everything like that? Like the new guys got to get in the mix on that shit. Yoda yeah. Suji's got to get in the mix. Yep. Shota Umino's got to get in the mix. Uh, I wrote my top ten match uh, matches from last year and published it on SocialSuplex.com. And um, man. Shota Umino, like, he's fucking great, bro. Like, I watched that match he had with Osprey, and it was just like, it, it, as impressed as we were with Will coming out of the Kenny match, it was similar, like, to the Shota Umino and Will match. It was like, Will was in the Kenny role this time, and Umino was, like, just fighting through, surviving, firing up, people living and dying with this was guy. That, but, was, like, his, was Red Shoes uh, the ref? He was the ref. Okay. Yeah, I would I would definitely uh seek that out if you haven't. That ended up being my number four match of last year. <laughs> uh-huh. And I just watched it the other day. So um but yeah, Battle in the Valley. Um um I I <laughs> yeah, I missed it at the time. But um Battle in the Valley, I watched like the second half of the show, I want to say pretty much all the important stuff. Um Gabe Kid and Eddie Kingston for a count out, it ruled. Um this guy, Gabe Kidd, is a menace to society. Yeah. Uh, for one, um, we can't put him in a room with, with no Queen Amanada, none, none of that. Uh uh-uh. uh. You know, we got to you know, hold this man back. But um, <laughs> I think Gabe Kidd is sensational on the mic. I think he has an in ring style that lends to a lot of brawling. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't think he's going to, you know, he's not going to work rate wow you or anything like that. But I think pro wrestling has kind of been subtly looking for someone to act like Conor McGregor, but they've never really found the right guy because of like partly because no okay. no one's gonna get the accent like that. Um, there's just like there's a lot of imitation. It, this thing with Gabe Kid, this seems like this is who this guy is 
and like he grew up in an area with tons of gay kids that he was around his whole life he has uncles that talk just like him and shit like that like this guy is light years ahead of david finley it's like i don't know man like like even will osprey yes uh brewhaven will osprey tried a lot of the conor mcgregor stuff yep yep becky lynch tried it yeah it's a a thing yeah it's not the same as Gabe. <laughs> it is not the same. I promise you. Um, he had a match like, with Eddie it seems like he's he seems like he's one slip. He's like one slip of the tongue away from like from saying the slur. That's that's what it seems like. Like he's it's, almost it's, out of there. You gotta you gotta walk a fine line. Um, right. like <laughs> it's it would it, be like if MJF was mad all the time. That's that's kind of way I put it. Right, and and also um, less and also less smart. Except, like, it, it's, like, cause the thing with MJF is, like, MJF is clearly an intelligent person. And right. it's, like, knows the, knows the limits on this. Gabe Kidd also knows the limits, but it's almost like the uh, the Kobe Covington thing. That's actually more mm-hmm. of it's like. It's, like, the Kobe Covington where it's, like, he's doing a counter-rotation, but he might be too dumb to realize that, like, he is he has stepped into the, he's stepping into a, a hornet's nest. And that's what kind of what I get with Gabe Kidd. Like, it don't seem like he's smart to realize that, like, this is actually dangerous to play like this. Right. Yeah. Uh, we, I, I jumped in and, and caught Julia against Trisha Dora. They won about 13 minutes. It was okay, but it was clearly lack of chemistry there, I think. And it was like these people have never, never wrestled each other in like totally different styles, it mm-hmm. feels like. And Julia, to me, is someone that you just don't throw Julia in the ring and drop her somewhere, and it's like, Go do your best match. Like Julia, don't like work like that to me. <laughs> that's what I've been you, you telling. Know what I'm that's what I've been telling you for years. Like the whole thing of like she may go overseas, whatever. I'm like, okay, she go over there. Like it, she's not the way her wrestling style is not built like someone like a Kyrie or an Oscar or Io, where like there's such athleticism and coordination and footwork to where like it can you can kind of fill that into any style sort of seamlessly. Like she's a brawler, she's a brawler tech. She's a brawler submission person or whatever else. And like sometimes her her uh, her instincts towards wanting to do you know mat based wrestling kind of like can wear on you at the beginning of matches. But like ultimately, like at heart, like she's a really really like she's a she's a badass tough woman that's having like these brawls or whatever else. Like he's really like drop you on your head, drop you on your neck. Uh, throw punches and slaps and kicks and all that kind of stuff and big strikes. Like, it's not about like the the. It ain't Hazuki and Mayu. Yeah, you know it what ain't saying? pretty. It ain't, it ain't that. Only only thing pretty in the ring is her. Like that's yeah. <laughs> so um, like she um, uh, I'll tell you what she does have though. She has the aura. Yeah, I, she has I know the, she's always had like, her. I, like yeah. I know the aura thing is overused and stuff like that, but when she like. When her music hit, they knew who she was. She came out, they clapped for her, and like the entrance. Like, and I was like, man, if she goes anywhere, can she just at least keep the music? Like, because I, I know I ain't never going to enjoy it as much wherever she goes. But uh, just keep the music. So <laughs> the next match uh, we had was a tag team match. It was the Chosen Bros. It was Matt Riddle and a mystery partner. It turned out to be Jeff Cobb, and the New Japan production staff literally spoiled it uh, during Matt Riddle's entrance. They put Jeff Cobb up on the screen. I was like, what the fuck? And then uh, 
the, they were taking on TMDK of Zack Sabre Jr. and Bad Dude Tito. It went about 10 minutes, and man, all throughout this match, I was watching it. Riddle doesn't he doesn't get a bad reaction really. It's kind of tepid response, but mm. then he starts wrestling, starts getting cheered for, and then ultimately like he has a positive kind of response or whatever. And on the whole time watching, I'm like, why is he like like he's so raw? This guy is so raw in the mm. ring, and it's just like I can't never love this dude like how I want to like embrace him, you know? Like, and it's like. He's going to out wrestle the dirt around him or whatever. And as my light dies in front of me, um, but I'll I'll correct that in a second. But um, yeah, man, it he, him teaming with Jeff Cobb, I got like kind of alarm bells going off. Mm-hmm. Um, Will's obviously leaving. Yep, and do the chosen bros thing. He's clearly in United Empire wear. Um, when he's out there, meaning Jeff Cobb, they got the win. Uh, um, and I'm like, man, are they going to pull the we're under new management now? And then Riddle is going to take over for Osprey with, with the Empire and stuff like that. If that happens. I think that's a pretty creative angle. Um, and I think it is a, uh, you know, if you're losing Will Osprey and you replace him with Matt Riddle, look, it's not the same thing, but it's like, it'll hold you. Yeah, yeah. Um, how how were the exchanges between Riddle and uh, and Saber? They were rolling around the mat, very physical. It felt like evolve from like twenty seventeen. A lot of people were saying, <laughs> um, and he was just flying on around the ring. He didn't go crazy or anything, but it was just like he he's clearly in an environment where he feels like tough and aggressive again. Like he doesn't feel like a comedy uh, the, guy, the goofy Matt Riddle, like, right. Right. So, um, <clears throat> and then, you know, if they're going to use them in Japan, I, I can tell you this, they don't give, they're not going to give a fuck about that over there. Nope. So like nope. everything that's around them. So nope. lock in, lock in. Um, as I mentioned, I'm this right now, how, how many shows do you think it'll take for him to get over? A weekend? He will first get night? over. Yeah, first night out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Like <laughs> MMA style wrestles barefoot. Still got the long hair. It's yeah. like, what if Kerry Von Eric could could wrestle? Like, I don't <laughs> like. It's always been like that. It was it would legitimately whoop your ass? Like, that's it would be impossible for Matt Riddle not to get over New Japan. I, I mean, and that's the reason why they. That's the reason why you know Triple H made that call over to Evolve when Riddle and Keith Lee were on their way to New Japan because they were like at that time there was no AEW. No one domestic uh, competitor was New Japan. They did not want those two guys there. Yeah. Yep. John Moxley and Shingo Takagi in a no DQ match. Um, this was awesome. Shingo showed up in the jeans and uh, the knee pads over and the jeans tucked into the boots. I was fucking screaming. I was like, bro, it feels like Shingo is like 
been like, yeah, man, I've been watching these American street fights like my whole life. I always want to do one of these shits. So, uh, yeah, I'm showing up like this. Come as you are. Started a little slow, but they were setting up a lot of the stuff. Essentially, we're going to go all around this fucker, and then we're going to get in the ring and then do all these big near falls, and they did that. Um, that definitely went in the notebook. Uh, I was I, I was very pleased with this match. I see some people trying to draw some match of the year buzz. I'm not there with it, mm-hmm. but I thought it was still really good. Moxley went over. How bloody and, um, was it? Shingo was the first one bleeding, um, which was kind of a shock to me. Uh, it was pretty bloody, I'd say so. Okay. Mox, of course, later you know got the blood and all that, but um, it was it was kind of like this dopey match because I was like, all right, they, he, Shingo just kind of did a random challenge um, to Mox, so there's not a really heavy storyline. I'm being told that Shingo has has indeed done these street fights before, um, but I remember like yeah, you know, he it, did that, it, it he almost did seemed like an all star exhibition. He did an Americans. He did America, so you know. So, like, the big news out of this was John Mosley getting on the mic afterwards and challenging Tetsuya Naito, uh, saying there was one match that he, he he's wanting for this year, and it's against Tetsuya Naito. And it made me think back to um, the G1 when they face each other, and John Mosley got the win that time, right? Mm-hmm. And that makes me think Tetsuya Naito was set up to win at the Dome, Obviously, we have the pandemic and shit. Right. Was Moxley a planned opponent from that finish? Like, w- like the 2019 G1? Was that mm-hmm. like to? Was this match already supposed to happen years ago? Like as part of that whole probably, thing before the world shut down? Probably. And also, you know, like Moxley's gonna face all these guys eventually. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, and I've you know talking group chats i'm like well why don't like they send tessa unites over here um but they're doing it now so um good uh, so uh naito's got to get through obviously whoever wins the new japan cup he's facing sonata also um if this is an iwgp title match that'd be interesting to obviously they're getting moxley booked in chicago in america this is a pay-per-view style show it's an aw building literally that New Japan is running this, so like, I just want to know what would they complain about now, um, James? I don't know. I don't know. I have an idea though. Um, I I just imagine it will be. Um. The transition from talking about like that card or the partnership to then talking about like um, the number of gaijin that didn't want to wrestle New Japan anymore wanted to come to AEW. That would always stick with them. And rightfully so, I guess. Yeah, I had a convo uh, this past week <laughs> on Twitter about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of that. Like, I remember when convo- it comes to this stuff, like the wrestlers do not have agency. Like, right. Even if they get the money, they gotta just act like robots, and you know, like as like you know, like as every single per. I mean, Rich, this ain't just AEW thing. Like, it's every single person like left out of Ice Ribbon to go to Stardom or elsewhere, but you know, start their own promotion in prominence, right? 
Get their own dis- distribution deal. But, like, if any of them go to stardom or sign on to stardom, then, like, these people had no agency. It's just a, it's, it's more, it's tribalistic stuff, man. It just happens. Like, these people are all, like, like, the people that you enjoy watching doing the wrestling, like, that's all they're good at. They don't think for themselves. They don't have brains. Or they do have brains, but they're scram- apparently they're all scrambled uh, from, from the wrestling. So, like, they can't, you know, decide what's best for them at that particular point in time or going forward. You know what's best for them. You, the yeah. the almighty, uh, everything is uh, the eye be the beholder. Uh, you keep their fate. Right. You. And I'm wrong. Like, I get the initial feeling of like, I like what they're doing right now. I don't want them to do anything else or go elsewhere and not do what they're doing. I get that. But it always comes back to there's some big bad that is like pulling the strings. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Kazusha Okada and Will Ospreay uh, had a match, twenty eight minutes. Um, I think they gave us like the seventy five eighty percent version. Um, in this one, so five stars. Nah. <laughs> okay, you said the seventy five eighty percent version. Like, bro, we've seen them hang at five stars in like twenty minutes or something like that before. This wasn't that. Like, okay. it wasn't obviously it wasn't bad or anything, but it started very slow. Like, okay. Very slow, and it was like, "Hey, man, what, what's going on over here?" And then, like, the video package for this—it's fucking hilarious. So, like, they have like it grayed out, kind of in the background, where you can see one Okada, zero Osprey, two Okada, three, four, and and they're showing every time Okada beats him, essentially, and then it runs up to like seven before Will gets on the board, and then like Osprey starts winning, like one dirty win two and then it's like something in the g1 or whatever and then it's like by the time i'm getting to this i'm like all right man who the fuck am i supposed to root for like will's on his way out of the company so it's like he's gonna put over okada again and it's like all right the story is just okada just has whooped my ass like that's that's, that's the story like he wouldn't like, the promotion like I've whooped you, like I I birthed you in this in this before you got in this promotion. I whoop your ass your entire tenure here. You caught me slipping uh, once. You cheated to beat me, and then ultimately I sent you packing. I was like, inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> like what the? Remember you remember the G one final? Like yeah, this could be like Masawa and Kobashi. Like yep. maybe he's chasing him yep. or and whatever. Answer, and, he, and they were like, we were answering this. Like ultimately, answer is like he. Oh, well, Osprey get a chance to finish the story because he decided to take his ass to uh, to Chicago and Jacksonville. That's what that's basically what happened. That would have been the story, you know. but it's not. But the story ain't gonna happen now because he took he left. The, the story said, is tired, Mr. I'm, tired, I'm tired of telling this story. My body hurts. I'm tired of being over there. I'm I'm I'm, I'm going I'm going here now. It's over. It's, I'm, it's time for me to make some real bread, bro. The real story is Mr. Barry told me this number that was out of this fucking world. Right. <laughs> That's the numbers, not the seven, not the two, the, the fucking three and a half million dollars a year. That, like, that, that, that's the fucking shit right there. Um, but yeah, I was, like, I was like kind of like saw that, Osprey saw that number was like, oh, elevated, bro, elevated, bro. <laughs> so they didn't go crazy. I'm in a new they tax yeah, they they still had a really you know good match or whatever. Obviously, these guys, but um, it, it would be funny if like this wasn't just Osprey's farewell. This was Okada's too. 
Are we going to talk about this now? We absolutely are. So apparently Okada has trademarked the Rainmaker um, over here. Um, now, that's interesting for uh, for 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 why, for multiple uh, reasons. One, because he go ahead. Why would he do that? I mean, worst. Ca- I mean, worst case. I'm sorry. Best case scenario, right? Best case scenario. It is. It is like the equivalent of when Brock Lesnar used to like stick this up for money and would like go into the U side. Go to the U side of testing. Uh, testing. He'd be like, "Look, bro, yeah. I'm, I'll, 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 you know, I might do this unless you pony up the money, right?" He's like, "Hey, man, you see, I got this. It's registered trademark for the U.S. to uh, to wrestle over there with, with my my signature move." Don't think I won't. Don't think I won't. Even though I won't, don't think I won't. Like it's a leverage play at work. I mean, at best, it's a leverage play. Or you could actually be going. And if they, and if he goes, uh, I already told uh, Josh and Jeremy to keep it a strong style. Like, hey man, I don't know like what y'all transition is on this, but like if Okada does become all elite, like I don't know what the fuck y'all do with like y'all keep it a strong style logo. See that you're like it is the Rainmaker pose. Like, do y'all then move on? Do y'all then move on to Tetsuya Naito laying on his side and holding the fist in the air? Do y'all move to like Shingo Takagi folding his uh or uh or you know you know folding his arms or do you or like what do we do? Do you go to like Desperado doing the splits? Like, do you go to do you go to Master Watto? Do you go to Master Watto doing the hand? Do you know the hand? Like, what what do you do? Like 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 he's a like he's Grandmaster Flash. Um, like what? What? What do you do here, what, bro? What and got? they got. There's one other thing that you you didn't consider, James. They got them banners. They just printed up. <laughs> Josh Novi reminded me of that. Is that why they didn't laugh when I said that shit? <laughs> Probably. Ooh, yeah. I forgot about that part. I didn't even think about that part. Bye, right. Josh. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll tell you more details on that. They, but, um, not, neither one of them laughed at that shit. I, I gotta tell you, I was fucking dying when I when I thought of that. Well, like, bro, y'all gotta change y'all whole shit up. And I remember saying to him, like, or saying to him, like, hey, man, yeah, like, Jeremy, don't let Josh Titan into going to that Anoki wrestling pose and shit. Don't don't let him get, yeah. let him get you with that. Don't don't do it. Just um, use use Sonata standing there not moving. Oh my god! You know, you know. Dick Togo pulling out the grill wire, you know, Terrible. shit like that. Um, but yeah, man, you know with the DVD, you could, you could do that, man. Yeah, man. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know, but it's if. <sighs> Because the thing for me is, like, I just can't imagine leaving because, like, one, he's married to someone that, like, I think is more famous than him. But mm-hmm. how's that going to work? You know? I, I don't know how to, you know, yeah, he I just had know. a kid recently, last year or two. Right. I don't know how, I don't know how any of this is going to work, you know? Private planes. Lots of them. <laughs> like, maybe it's a situation where, like, he gets, you know, it's the inverse of the Osprey deal where it's like, I'm still in New Japan, but I do I do AEW pay-per-views and dates or whatever else, something like that. You know, like I do like twelve or eighteen AEW shows a year, something like that, right? That I mean, I can't imagine just like his home, like his base for pro wrestling is like out, not Japan. I just can't imagine it. 
brought. It just seems or, it just seems weird. Like I'm jumping to the Fed. I mean, I mean that's at play, right? I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess like if you're well, actually, if is he, it if he trademarks Rainmaker? Is it if he trademarks Rainmaker? Then maybe he can license it to WWE. Would they want it? I don't know. Of course. Like their whole thing okay. would be to try to keep people how they are. Cody's the blueprint now, I think. Okay. Like personally, I don't know. Um but uh yeah, that would that would be interesting. Um I wouldn't want to necessarily see that, but <laughs> um I don't want Okada to go anywhere. Let's just say that. Can, can I just put that out there? Same. Same. I know people were probably listening to this for, for thinking like we're being nasty about it. Like I don't want him in AEW necessarily. Like I want him for some dates. I don't want him like this to be his home base. No. Yeah, that that shit ain't right, bro. Like, like he need to like, like nah. He needs to stay there and he needs to wrestle all them dudes and, and help and basically help make all them dudes. That's what he needs to do. Yoda, yeah. Suji, Shota Umino, Ren Narita, uh, Yu Yamura. He needs to go out there and he needs to stay there and wrestle all them dudes after he beats Naito or whatever else. And he needs to be the person that, that puts all of them on the map. That's what needs to happen. It needs to be Naito and Okada Look, building and that he generation. Use, the same he way that use, the same way that uh, um, Tanahashi built them. Right, and, and Lord knows he could use some fresh opponents. Right, and um, you know, those four guys are like. If they if they'll ever fucking like push the button on one of them, like <laughs> they're ready, they can they can they can do some things or whatever. So, um, let's go uh, to AEW Dynamite last week in Jacksonville, Daly's place, special building. I could feel it through the screen. Everyone on Twitter all day was kind of celebrating. Um, whenever. They're at dailies. I was like, man, I think if you're an AEW fan, you should, if you're of the means, go at one point. Go be a part of that, that building or whatever, the American Corrigan Hall. You know, that has seen so many great matches there. And like that shit carried a lot of people through the pandemic. I was like getting emotional, like, you know, kind of looking. I was like, damn, because I started thinking, I was like, bro. This is this is it in 2020. Like we wasn't doing shit. Like we was hanging out at the house all week, and then wrestling's on, or AW Dark's on. You know, Dark Elevation's on, and it was just like that fucking building, and like that shit is that shit means something to people like in that company, and like it's a rite of passage. I think the first time new wrestlers get to go to dailies, and I'm pretty excited when like someone new kind of walks through um, there and gets to do their thing. So. Um, and that kind of started the show with Claudio Casanoli making his debut uh, there, taking on Hangman Page, um, a match we did not see during the team warfare last year. Um, this was an awesome, uh, awesome way to begin the show. They were immediately in the ring running it inside of like minute two. Um, I fucked with this match hard. Yeah, this match is great. And um, like... I don't know if we ever, like, re... I'm sure, like, I already know how you feel about this, but, like, you know, when, like, Cesaro first came over here to become Claudio or whatever else, you were... You recognized the talent. You you obviously knew, you know, this is one of the, you know, more talented guys that we have. 
but like you weren't exactly enthused about it. You didn't know whether or not he was gonna come over here and like embrace, you know, embrace this shit in a way that like you know some guys have and haven't. Right? That's the mm-hmm. best way to put it. And like I just I like between like the Kingston and Moxley stuff, the ROH run, the Continental Classic, the BCC Elite stuff, and now this is like. I'm so fucking glad he left WWE. I'm so fucking glad. Like, I don't get me wrong. Like, that's why I felt, that's why I like grew to respect him and like was just in awe of his talent, especially, you know, in, uh, in like the, the middle of the, of last decade. Mm-hmm. But like, he's not that freakish of an athlete compared to then, but like, he's had so many like great matches. And like, I just love like his role. I just love his role in this company, and he's like he never would have gotten that role in um in WWE. It just never was in the cards for him, and like he just a fucking like they put him they put they put his ass to work, and he's done nothing but just like just yep, I'm just here just to do it all, and like I'm I've just enjoyed his tenure in the AEW. Like I don't know if he's like a lieutenant or something uh backstage or whatever else, but everyone loves him. But like I imagine like. They hold him in such high regard back there. I just imagine they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Heyman ended up getting a win uh, off of two uh, buckshot lariats in this thing. And um, this was like. And he needed both uh, of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is like, uh, you know, he, he's coming with the big mustache uh, also. And like, he's seemed like he's getting, you know, something rolling again, um, which kind of got explored later on uh, in the show. Um, from there, uh, we had an eight man tag, uh, and it was, um, to honor Brody Lee. They played a big Brody Lee package, uh, and all that. We had Orange Cassidy, Adam Copeland, Dustin Rose, and Preston Vance, uh, who came out with his best gear on, uh, taking on Lance Archer and Cage, Tola Leona, and Bishop Khan. Uh, this is a party eight man tag, kind of, uh, very fun. A lot of, a lot of guys like you know matching off, squaring up with each other. Interesting, kind of, kind of to see Lance Archer just with so much presence in there. Um, Adam Copeland getting to you know work work against Khan and Brian Cage and uh, Archer and like he's coming in. Talk about somebody that's been a delight. Yep, another one. Yeah, um, and this whole thing kind of broke down to where uh, Archer, you know, in gates of agony and you know the whole mogul embassy kind of got into it uh i kind of find it funny i i saw prince nana and jake roberts uh was were managing uh together i wonder what that strategy meeting was like <laughs> between <laughs> roberts and nana <laughs> so i hit the dance and then <laughs> you bring the snake <laughs> like... <laughs> that's how i had to go right Yes, that's how I had to go. Yeah. That's um, how I had to go. Yes. You know, um, I, I didn't know I could do a Prince Nana voice. Um, I didn't know either. As you went, I was like, I know he's not doing a Prince Nana voice. How long is yeah. it going to go? Where is, this, where, where is he taking us on this ride? Because this this, this, this get problematic quick. It can, it can get real dark real quick. Oh, uh, the, the good guys win. Uh, and this was cool. So, um, yeah. And that's the thing, right? People were asking, like, why, you know, people were asking, like, why does this match get made? What are the stories behind this match? Why do people tag together? It's like, evil locker room, good locker room. 
go. It's not that hard. Don't overthink it. It's a fun match. Babyface is one. Babyface got to celebrate. It's fun. Like, AEW has done this over the years of having, like, you know, Sting and Darby and, uh, and CM Punk. Or CM Punk and John Moxley and, uh, John Moxley tag together. Or CM Punk, I'm sorry, not CM Punk, or Sting and Darby and Eddie Kingston and Moxley tag together. It's always fun. Stop second guessing it. It's just a fun party match. And the Bay, Bay Faces are probably going to win and they're going to celebrate and you're going to be like, oh, that's cool. All right, where Lucia Flores, Christian, Danielson, and Jungle Boy against Kenny, Cole, and the Bucks. Rich, remember that match? Remember when Shibata at random decided to make the save at full, I'm sorry, at uh, at, um, Forbidden Door for Orange Cassidy, and then Orange Cassidy put the glass on Shibata? Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Why do you make this? Why why are the baby faces uh, helping each other? Because they're good guys, and the other guys are assholes. Um, it's amazing. Just take the W for humanity. It's okay. <laughs> Fuck. Well, you know, maybe maybe it's just these people are so unhappy they can't they can't experience joy. You know. Um. So we went backstage, uh, and Switchblade Jay White was back there with Renee. Said anything the Undisputed Kingdom can do, the Bam Bam Gang can do better, including going after Gold. Claimed Daddy Ass walked out. Uh, and said, you know, we're, if we're United Force, you know, we can hold the gold all at the same time, not just the trios belts. They've suggested forming a super group, well, the Bang the Bang Scissor, scissor Gang. Just feel bang, like, bang, gang. man, that, um, that is the name of an orgy porn DVD. It's <laughs> <laughs> <is> too much, <laughs> too much bang and gang and. <laughs> Nah, <laughs> I've overdosed. Um, Colton Gunn uh, and Jay White say they're going to think about it. Uh, Austin uh, Gunn was saying Jay White is from the UK, uh, which was kind of funny. But um, after that, we got Samoa Joe in the suit coming out to address Daly's place. I believe his first time uh, yes. in Daly's as well. Came out, new AEW title belt. Uh, got rid of that bullshit uh, that was on MJF. Is it, and, is it basically the same, the original one? I think it has. Oh, it has name side play. It, it has, has side, side plays. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know um, side play things. It's too WWE. <laughs> they did it. Y'all need to just be okay with not doing it also. I like the names too, but like these, like the side plays, like they didn't seem like, uh, like they didn't. You know those like little square plates on the side of the belts. Yeah, this these ones actually like kind of look like they're more in the main face of the belt. So I don't know, maybe I, I just didn't like notice it like that. But um, when Samoa Joe said, "I stand before you, the AEW champion," the crowd chanted, "Thank you, Joe." Yep, I was fucking screaming. That was like an overwhelming message sent to MJF. From the from the and Tony Khan in in all the grifters in the back, yes, yes, it, it basically was like we reject it completely. Anything that was happening with that belt before from the home base said, yep. get that shit the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, 
not to plagiarize our own shit, make sure you download the FOH draft if you haven't. Joe said no thanks are needed. Uh, he was destined for this. Did the deep Samojo voice and all that stuff. And um, said, you know, there are changes uh, in the championship protocol. No longer will you have to come out and whine on the mic by your poor misfortunes or go on social media to make ho-ass comments. He literally said ho-ass. I popped. He said, if you bring your record and reputation to the championship committee and if deemed worthy, you get an express pass for Joe to stomp your ass out in front of everyone who's ever cheered for you. Whoever wants it, the champ will be waiting. Isn't it, so much, isn't it so much better than saying that like, I'm going to like have a title reign that is going to be insufferable on purpose? <laughs> yes. And call it and literally call it a reign of terror. Swerve's music hits. First time he's in dailies. Crowd loses it. Yeah. Very over. As people kind of, kind of I think people are seeing the wheels uh, get in motion right here. Yep. Because uh, th- this is the guy right now. Um, his music hit. Whole mogul came out uh, with him. Uh, Swerve said a few moments ago, he told Hangman that he was at, or a few months ago, uh, he told Hangman he was after his spot, took it. He's going to tell you the same thing. He says, in personal, I want the belt, essentially. Joe and uh, Swerve went face-to-face. Hangman's music hit. Stares down Swerve the entire time. Uh, not even really making contact, eye contact with Joe. So immediately, I'm like, wow, there's that three-way that I, I thought might happen. <laughs> like, right. It's right there. <laughs> um, so... He said 2023 held a lot for him. Uh, he beat Moxley in the uh, Texas Death, uh, reunited with the Elite, and then he found Swerve Strickland. But the one thing that he lost uh, was sight of the AW title, and in 2024, he's going to make it his again. Crowd's losing it. Um, Prince Nana then had to pull Swerve away as like Mogul uh, Embassy retreated before Paige got in Joe's face that he's going to take the belt from him. Uh, before he heads to the back, they did a kind of a breakup deal. Swerve is holding up the two. Adam, like, I whooped your ass twice, essentially. Uh, let's do it again. So uh, as they clear out, Joe's there by himself. And then the hook music hit, and the hook signal went up. And then they shot this shit where Joe was looking up, and you see the hook. Hook walks out, walks straight in his face. They go face-to-face, and I'm just, like, very excited. Uh, I thought this all worked, uh, and he basically said one week. Um, I would like to see Taz talk to Hook essentially bef- at some point before the match. Whether like Taz, I know Taz is an announcer. Announcer, he's not going to manage him, but like have Taz like backstage with him to pep talk him, and then let him know like, hey, this guy ain't nothing to fucking play with. Essentially, like either you 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 gonna step up now. Or are you gonna be, you know, are you gonna keep fucking around, like, you know, doing some other shit? But it's time for you to become who the fuck you're gonna be right now because that dude ain't gonna have no fucking pity on you, essentially. And then he can take his ass in and I'll say, well, and essentially try to justify his speech while Hook's wrestling him. Um, I'm very into the uh, Joe and Hook thing just because it's different. It's the test for Hook. It's finally time to throw him out there to see, you know. What he's in there with a with a main eventer, what it looks like, uh, and then uh, so he can get knocked back on his ass, and then all right, hooks 
an actual wrestler now. He's not a meme anymore. Like that's what I'm looking for out of this. Uh, yes. I wish that there was somebody that I thought I was more confident in being able to, to carry somebody than Joe at this stage in his career. But um, you know, I'm sure they have something planned, and it can obviously um exceed my expectations for this. Um, so yeah, like, I'm interested to see what it looks like um on Wednesday. Uh, as far as the Adam Page, Swerve, Joe potential um, three-way match, I'm into it. Um, I think it's a good way to um, get the hottest thing that's going on in the promotion, like into the main event scene or into the title scene, um, and like pr- provides cover for a short Joe title run. Um, so yeah, it works for me. And also like gives you immediate, like third match, but singles match, like in the aftermath of it is like, you know, Joe gets you know, somebody steals a pin or whatever else. One was a champion. The other one was in the match. The other one, they get pinned. They should get the match. They should get the singles match. They have a third match. It works for me. Um, so yeah, uh, really enjoyed it. And like, I tweeted this on, this was when he looked into the, uh, no, actually I take this back. Uh, I said, Adam Page is a bitter, sore losing hater, and I'm totally here for it. I love this. I like ever since he had, went at face to face backstage with MJF, and then he said to Swerve, like, look, man, I lost I lost this round, but like, I know you want the AEW World title, and like I and like, you know, you broke it, you you broke into my house. Like, I'm gonna make sure you never win this fucking thing, more or less. Like, I'm, I I have loved that ever since then, and like he he has basically been like, look, bro, I lost, but like I'm a hater, I, I never lose. You lose, <laughs> it's gonna happen. I make sure I'm gonna be there and make sure it never happens. I, I, so I've I've really enjoyed this. I've enjoyed this a lot. Um, so I, I can't wait to see how much more their hate continues to blossom. They 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 have stumbled, they have stumbled into something for Hangman Page that like they were not expecting. They just were not they were not expecting this, and like this is. I've I've enjoyed this. I've I haven't enjoyed anything with Hangman Page this much since honestly, like since since uh, Full Gear two thousand twenty one. I'm not saying he's he's you know like obviously the Daniels stuff was was excellent, excellent top notch stuff, but it is just like when when I see when I see Swerve and I see Hangman together and they and they look at each other and, they, and you see the hate just build off them. It feels like when I used to see like Julia and Tam just look at each other they want to fucking kill each other. Like, it just, it just we don't get hate this pure these days. It, it's rare. It, it, it feels like, it, it, it feels like wrestling. It feels like more to wrestle with them. And obviously, you know, he, he home invasion, that, 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 that means something. I, I love it. I love it so much. I love it so much. We need more hate in our pro wrestling as far as on screen. On screen. Yeah. Um, Renee was backstage with Tony Storm, Luther, Mariah May. Uh, talked about her debut last week. Mariah asked Tony if she saw it. Storm says she was at a screener, or she was given a screener, but she didn't watch. Uh, but she asked her if she did an arm drag. Uh then Renee said, you know, you're here to talk about uh, AEW's newest signing. Immediately, Tony screams Wendy Richter. Um, and then Renee mentioned that it was actually Deanna Perrazzo, uh, who, you know, May said kicked her in the face. Uh, then 
Timeless Tony gave May some chocolate and said she feels like the prettiest girl at the dance. Uh, Tony said the chin up, tits out line. Mariah said watch for the shoe. And then Tony was upset because that's her line. And she walked out. Moving on. Sammy Varvers, Ricky Starks. Sammy wins. Um, this was not great. It, 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 I thought it had moments, especially towards the end, but yeah, you're right. It wasn't great. I wanted, I wanted it to be better than this. It just wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, kind of a bummer, too. It was I like, all right. I wouldn't mind them. I wouldn't mind them like having another match. I feel soon. like you got to give these guys a chance to get it right. Like, I know they, they did the Battle of the Belts match. Ricky Starr's Big Bill retained and yeah. stuff like that. And, uh, and Sam went crazy during that match. But I, I feel saw. like these two have have way better in them together. I, I Are we going to talk about Battle of the Belts or no? Uh, I didn't watch it, but uh, what, whatever you uh, talking about. Yeah. Where you know, people have talked about how, like, you know, they just put back Ricky Starks and, and Hobbs and they had a they had an issue. And, like, what's supposed to be to make good is, like, Hobbs saves Starks' ass from c- catching that dive from Guevara from, that, from, like, 25 feet up. The problem is Hobbs wasn't there fast enough. And Stark, Starks had to move out the way on his own. And then, like, Hobbs is, like, was just there in the camera frame. Like, Hobbs ain't actually save him. But the commentary and, and, like, Twitter has put over that, like, he saved him. He did not. Go watch it. Go wa- and then go watch it again in slow motion. I guess Starks I didn't notice that part. Starks moved his down stuff out the way. Hobbs didn't grab him. Hobbs was, real. Hobbs was the second lead. real, beef. Um... Let's see. Uh, yeah, there were parts of this that was good, and then it was like I don't know. It just didn't click, you know. And I think they can do better. I agree. Ladies, eight person tag: Thunder Rosa, Chris Statlander, Willow Nightingale, The Anna J, Julia Hart, Sky Blue, Saraya, Ruby Soho with Harley Cameron. Gotta say, man. What a nice match. Um, they had fun out there. Um, Anna Jay's teaming with the the baby faces. And um, I thought this was enjoyable. And I thought this, you know, I don't really ever have problems with the tags and the the lady stuff. So, um, yeah, it was good to see Thunder Rosa back um, yes. on Dynamite here and um, good energy. That's a hell of a babyface army, I gotta say. I would agree with you. Uh, Rich, because uh, Thunder Rosa's been back for a few weeks now, what are your thoughts yeah. on her with, like, the full paint or, like, the half paint? Like, the Darby-ism or the Sting-ism? Which one do you like on her more, as far as the look? I kind of I lean towards the half paint. I, I, I gotta say, I, I, I think I like the full paint more. Of late, gotcha. I don't know if it's because I haven't seen her in a while and I missed her. I don't know, but like, um, yeah, I, I'm enjoying like the new touch of the full paint, and it feels more like the you know, um, Dallas De Mortes is supposed to like I'm, I'm butchered that na- name, but like it feels more like that actually than the half thing that was kind of just like a you know, I'm doing it, but not really. I'm doing it, but I'm not going full. It's like she's all in now, if you will. AEW, gotcha. like she's all in now with the with the paint. 
<clears throat> I gotta say, either one works for me. Um, but uh, what ended up happening here? Um, I believe Sky Blue took the pin in this match. Yes, and she uh, got the win. And like yep, that kind NJ of foresh- that was foreshadowing with the Brody Lee stuff that they showed. And obviously, Preston got the W, and so did um, Anna J. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, this wasn't too bad. I mean, Julia Hart tried to suplex the wrong person, but um, you know, it happens. was it was the battle of the suplex spot. She was on her the wrong side until uh, whoever came in last was like, "Hey, dummy, you're on the wrong side," and then she <laughs> got on the right side. <laughs> oh. Oh, it was pretty good. I didn't see it yet, but uh, I definitely did see people talking about it. Uh, they gave her one of those C2 promos after. Um, so they showed Willer Yuta calling out Eddie Kingston for Rampage. Uh, ended up watching all Rampage uh, the other night. and Fun show. Uh, highlighted by, I would say, uh, the Queen Emanata Carl Sheeta match. Also, Swerve and uh, Matt Seidel got to cooking for a little bit. Okay. Uh, I think Yuta I think and, and Eddie went a little long. Um, and it was just like Eddie Kingston fully owns the BCC now. He's now beat every member. But. Um, had to complete the set. Yeah, yeah I had to, to do all that. But uh, I got to say, man, Queen Emanata, since she showed up, she's had two matches uh, uh, between the Sheeta match and Mariah May. And there's like talk that she's actually signed, like for real, for real. Mm-hmm. But they just haven't, you know, done the whole graphic deal yet. Probably they're waiting to give her some type of win. She is been a revelation since she's came in with those two matches. She's in there demanding people hit and get hit. And obviously we know she just bought it because we saw like what she when she goes like Tokyo Joshi Pro or something, she'll just beat the shit out of like a Carl Noah or something, right? Right. And she's ready for it. Queen Emanata is definitely ready for it. And I think she's going to be someone that is also responsible for changing the, the game around here for making the cap be discovered, I'd say, that's going on a little bit. This new kind of like wave that is coming in right now between Emanata, Mariah May, um, possibly Mercedes on the way in. It's Willow. When Athena's free from ROH jail, there's going to be, you know, Sheeta. They're going to be hidden. Either you're going to hit or you're going to be like, people going to start looking at you funny. I feel like that's the way this is going. Good. Like pro wrestling, like it's easy to spin your disbelief if they're hitting each other hard and soft places. I'm like, if you're, why not do you think Daniel Bryan? Why do you think Brian Danielson matches work so well? Because he kicks him in the chest really fucking hard. Oh, Jamie Harrier when she returns, yeah. Oh, that's that's um, what I was, that goes what I was saying, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like if you're not gonna hit people hard as fuck, at least be like athletic as fuck. And that don't always happen. So like it all right. it kind of get left in that kind of weird area in the middle where it's like, oh <laughs> right. so Right, and not you. everybody can wrestle and, and like if you one of those, like you can't you don't get to wrestle Chris Statlander every single week. Right, right. Um 
we then got Roger Strong and Brian Keith. Uh, Keith did not get his entrance. I was hoping to hear some still tipping on there. Did not hear it. Cost I'm sure they got in the building. Cost too much. No, he's he's a he's a Swisher House athlete. Like he's sponsored by. Have, Sw- does that mean they don't have to pay Swisher House licensing? <laughs> like, I don't know what that I, means. I think <laughs> like they played it on the ROH pay per view. I know so, they did. Like, I don't know. They, they, they've had to play it twice. Do they, they, how, how much does it cost to play it a third time? Is what I'm getting at. Yeah. I think he'll end up with it. But okay. um Roger Strong and him, I would love to see these two go ten. They only went like four and it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um every time I see uh every time I see Keith, I'm always saying myself like, all right, how long do I have to wait until I get a a high draws matchup with Ishii? <laughs> I, I want to see who's the king of of, of high draws. Oh, um, Keith gave him a nice diamond dust. That's like that's a deep cut video game wrestling maneuver. I feel like that's the only reason I know why that's named the diamond dust. I mean, do they even call it? Do they even call that video game wrestling in this age? At this stage of the game, because the, the, no, the that's video wrestling. game wrestling that's, that's pretty tame now. Yeah, like that's like that shit was in the video games in the nineties. Like, <laughs> so um. Roddy got the win uh, after the match. Cole came out and he he came out there with this group, and I was just like, "Do we do we do we have to like keep hearing from y'all? Can't y'all just take a couple weeks off?" Like that's that's where I was at with it. <laughs> I don't dislike these guys, anything like that. It's just like come back with a new mission statement. But to his credit, he kind of came up with one because it looks like there's a there's a Roger Strong Orange Cassidy thing kind of being set up uh, here. He said. Uh, you know, when he said things have changed, it says what he meant. They're not worried about the fans at all because they deserve everything. Strong's a 20-year vet. Said the international title has his name all over it. Cole put over Taven and Bennett for being the greatest ROH tag team champions of all time. I wonder to myself who could possibly care. Um, I mean, you know, is the, that supposed to be? I don't know. The Young Bucks? I don't know. Yeah. I, well, Briscoes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Like, that's supposed Stuff to be the like heat. Like, what about these motherfuckers, right? Yeah. I, I'm guessing that's um, the heat. So Warlow, their monster, their dominator. Yeah, them too. So Warlow's surrounded with people who respect them when the time is right. We are going to win the AEW World Championship. Cole told the fans to say hello to their new kingdom. Get comfortable. They're going to be there for a very long time. And I was like, take your ass out the ring, go home, you know, rehab, get your get your foot right, you know, hollow. Oh, continue with a bit. Red Dragon. Yeah. Motor City Machine Guns. Add them in. Yeah. SCU. Yeah. Um, Renee was backstage with Deanna Perrazzo. Uh says she's still on Cloud Nine after her debut and in walk red velvet. Um yeah. Deanna Prazover's Red Velvet was then booked for uh, Collision. Uh, I did not watch Collision this week, unfortunately. Um, but I'll catch up. Wink, wink. For the main event, um, Jim Ross came out 
And Justin Roberts introduced Flair to the ring. This crowd was hot all night, too. Yes, this is a big energy show, too. I, I think we're kind of underselling that. Uh, but we got Sting and Darby Allen against Powerhouse Hobbs and Sakeshda in one of the absolute most positively psychotic matches I think I've ever watched on on TV. Darby Allen is a psycho. Sting is a psycho. Takeshita Hobbs. Bro, these motherfuckers decided, like, yo, we're going to tear this fucking building down. Like, and. I can't remember the last match I saw where I, like, oh, I think three people got a concussion in one match. Bro, this is crazy, bro. Like, like I'm not this- saying they did for sure. I'm not a doctor, but I like these are like these are these are subcussive force like blows to the head and neck that are being sustained by these people. What is what is happening? Who allowed this? How did this? How did this happen, bro? The fall, the the, the finish with Sting and and Will Hobbs. Bro, I was like, what I was are like, they that's doing two, the whole that's time? Two for one. That's two for one concussions. Yes, I was I was fucking shocked. I was like, I was bro, they're doing a fucking reverse DDT there. Oh, because they were supposed to go through two tables. They only went through one. They barely and got then, the one. And I was like, yo, this man Sting is fucking psycho, but <laughs> absolutely like, going out of dangerous and crazy. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> in the notebook. Oh my yes. god. Somebody gift that shit. <laughs> Somebody give me this. This, this, this I don't necessarily disagree with you because I was like, this is fucking insane. What the f- someone's going to die. Yeah. I like, am bro, not Darby, Darby correct. Darby died twice in that match, bro. Yeah, bro. Darby jumped off the fucking I don't even know what the fuck. I'm sorry, was, three bro. times. I forgot about that one. He, they do the rolling. Insane. They do the rolling German suplex spot that they did uh, the week before, all down the going down the bottom of the ramp. I said they did it on on uh, just a, a horizontal or just just on the floor, and Takesha sends him flying, and Darby instead of like you know flipping over and landing on his shoulder or whatever else, he lands on the top of his fucking head while flipping. Yes, uh, undoubtedly. He looks, he looks a mess. I'm like, oh my god. Match continues. He gets you ready for the next spot, and then at some point, and then like like 90 seconds later, whatever it was, Darby's back in the fucking ring. He, he's he's down. He's getting double teamed by Hobbs and Kesha, and they decide to like slingshot. Not slingshot. Because that, that would imply that like he's been stretched and then let go. They basically like hurt him by his arms and legs. You know, like one, two, three. He goes up in the air, goes flying, and then he on the way down, he clips one his head and neck, clips one of the uh one of the ropes. As and while he's in the air, he is twirling. Like he's twirling like yes. almost like he, almost like imagine someone like doing a tornado. Like he's that boy's doing getting that. flipped like, inside out. in the air. He has no. He, he doesn't know what's going on. He's not aware of where the ropes are until the rope fucking pops him in the mouth or in the or in the neck. Bro. It was just like, oh my god. That shit was full Diana Ross upside down. You're turning me. You give me love. <laughs> right up inside out. Yeah, all that shit. Yes. Um. Yeah, man. Oh, 
this was sensational. Like, I, I, I hate to say it, but it was like, bro, whatever, like, Dart has gotten into Darby and Takeshita, they got to keep going. They got to keep running. Do it. they? Is someone going to have bro, to die? Bro, I would, I would love to see these, these men explore, um, uh, all arts, all parts of the art of pro wrestling. Yes. Next time to catch, next time Darby fights to catch, I need Darby in a helmet, in a football helmet. <laughs> or, or like, it ain't got to be like the full on like. You How know, about the leather helmet? Be the full Riddell or the shut like they can put them in like the, the in like the soft seven on seven helmets now that they put the kids in now. They can do that. But it can't be what he's been doing where he's just like he going out there raw 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 head. Nah, he gonna die at this Bro, rate. He's like I they stumbled into these two uh together and it's just like I want to see more. To cash a throwing that man around like he's Yoshihiko. No regard, don't give a fuck. He's he is. he is throwing him around like that. Man. Um Sting and Darby win. Hold on, hold on. Dar- uh, said, also, Darby is going to climb Everest. He, Darby ain't going to be able to sip through a straw at this rate. As, um, yeah, as Tunnel Talk would say, don't climb Everest. Um, <laughs> um, I- after the match, Darbecued is like he's gonna be talking with his eyes. <laughs> he gonna, he's, gonna a, he's gonna have a computer where he looks at the screen and he's gonna be talking to us with his eyes. He need to stop. This guy's built different, man. I don't know what drives him to do these things, but brother, it's ain't awesome. no thrill worth seeking like this. Shivani gets in the ring and asks Sting, who is his final opponent going to be? We're not finna just breeze through like as if Tony Shivani got up there and asked him that real smooth. They took a while. It was kind of awkward because we didn't know if Sting, we didn't know if the lights were on with Sting. We didn't mention what Flair did. Flair got in there was trying to chop Hobbs. That's right. There was also a part in the match, early in the match, or in the first half of the match, where Takeshi was in front of Rick's flair and he was chopping the fuck out of somebody in retaliation for when Takeshi went uh, through like a series of chops one time and like one of or two of them sucked, but one the first one was great. And then and then Flair said, like, the Kesha guy, if his if the person that trained him saw they beat the hell out of him for throwing these shitty chops. And then Takeshi made sure to chop in front of Rick Flair and was chopping the fuck out of that dude and was staring holes a dagger daggers into Rick Flair. It was fucking amazing. It was fucking Bro. amazing. Rick Flair was getting flashbacks. He was like, yeah, I remember Saruta, you know. I remember. <laughs> oh my god! I remember Fujinami, you know. <laughs> he was, he was seeing them red lights, you know. Like, oh shit! Like, <laughs> he's reincarnated. <laughs> um. So but yeah, man. Here. After Sting, after Sting, you know, pulls it, pulls what's left of him back together. To to get the, to find the strength inside of him to get up 
and crawl his ass into the back into the ring so Shivani can talk to him. Bro, I was like, bro, is he dead? <laughs> bro, Sting was looking rough. Like that, you know, Sting, fucked. Sting, Sting come out here with the slick back, right. you know, and stuff like that, but it'd be thin a little bit, right. but it'd be like it looked like it was weathered. Like he went through some acting, like he put in a, a hard shift, you know, that night with that match, but ask him. Sting, you know what? You know, I don't know if you've ever seen this trope in like uh in like westerns and cop movies where like it's their last day on the job or it's their last like or it's the last ride and like the old timer thinks like I'm going to do this one last thing I'm perform my one last service of duty and then I'm going to I'm going off into the sunset with my wife my my family whatever and then they tragically don't make it and it makes it more sad because you know this is the last shift. That Carlito's way, bro, bro. Uh, yeah, right. When Sting made, when Sting got up, it was like, oh, I'm taking my ass home. <laughs> Sting was like, this. I, I was, I was. Uh, whoever wrote this movie wanted me to die here, but I didn't die. You bastard! <laughs> I got up and I'm gonna get the fuck out of here, but bro. Sting was hurting bad, boy. He was bro, hurting. Bad. He was hurting hurting and the worst part of it is Hobbs fall he took the worst fall he landed on like his fucking neck yeah from a high yeah. angle it was bad bro it was a it was a it was a crazy match a crazy like, match like Kenny Kobashi would have looked at that shit like what the fuck are y'all doing <laughs> Kobashi at the dome was like nah bro you yeah. can't be doing this like bro you took you landed on your neck from from a from a ramp before yeah but y'all y'all did like four of those basically <laughs> So, Tony Giovanni then asked Sting, who's gasping for air, if he, wants to, <laughs> if he wants to talk about the final match of Revolution. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Shit, it's a gas prayer. Holy shit! Oh my god! Go ahead, Rich. Go ahead. And he said, "Who's gonna be your final opponent?" And then the music fucking hits. The young bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, show up, and they're finally back after months and months, or what seems like months. They have returned, and you automatically get what's going on here. They don't say a word. A word doesn't need to be said. Mustachioed both of these gentlemen um, came back looking terrible, like usual. Nick had the all white suit on. Uh, Matt had the all black one with this the jacket. Reality. I kind of like. I kind of like Matt's uh, the jacket that he had on. Um, and it's stinging Darby against the Young Bucks at Revolution, and man, I was like immediately you know popping losing my mind happy the bucks are back and then i was like well i'm against sting and darby it makes sense like they've won every tag match they've ever had sting and darby and who better to work with than the bucks but apparently not so fast a meltdown then ensued why is it the Young Bucks? Why is it this? Another round of Young Bucks delusion. Right. Um, another round of, you know, P- 
people drawing up misinformation, another uh, round of the likes of those like Matt Coon um, <laughs> immediately uh, contradicting himself in public, another round of poor FTR, another round of people just not understanding what and who these guys are, not only to this promotion, to wrestling at large. Sting worked against the Bucks at the original Forbidden Door with Darby um, and Shingo against ELP and the Bucks right. and said that was like the most fun he's ever had in a wrestling ring. The Young Bucks, obviously, they have more great matches than everybody, can carry people. They are going to, in Greensboro, North Carolina, they are going to put on a masterpiece of Southern-style tag team wrestling for Sting's final send-off. Sue Williams said it best. All you old motherfuckers that didn't vote for the Young Bucks at the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, this is for you, baby. This, this, is, this is it. This, this is going to be it. This is going to be where they continue the lie. Where they're fighting on that lie about the greatness of the Bucks and that them do- totally not understanding. They continue to be consumed with the hatred to not realize they're going to make Sting look like a fucking million dollars cash out there. That Sting handpicked these guys. He did not pick anybody else to work with. He's already worked with some of the other people that, you know. Yep. Not in the 2v2, but in trios. Mm-hmm. Like, he's had 2v2s with these other teams, right? Mm-hmm. Bro, they're doing all this for for what, man? Like, it's just the levels of crying. I don't get it. Like, I was very happy to see this match announced. Not even thinking about that aspect of it. I thought it would just be a cool match. Bucks returning. The dynamic, the retirement aspect of it. Obviously, it's going to be fucking crazy. The um, Greensboro, North Carolina deal. Southern style tag wrestle. Cool. That all kind of adds into it. But then when I find out that it bothered people this much, I'm like, oh. Oh, well, for me, when it was first announced, my first initial thought was like, oh, they're doing Sting's retirement show in Greensboro, North Carolina, and like, FDR clearly would have have wanted this match. They didn't get it, and I thought it was fucking hilarious. Because they're both, because one or both of them from North Carolina, they're NWA cosplay tag wrestlers, they're Midnight Express, they're Brain Busters, and they don't get to wrestle Sting. I thought that this was fucking hilarious. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Like, I don't know what they're doing on the show. I don't care. Uh, if they're on the show, then like, you know, hell, I would like for them to get the tag belts off of, off of Starks and, and Big Bill, whatever. But like, I thought it was fucking hilarious. And like, I just knew that like, there were going to be people that were going to, you know, like start the proxy war. And like, I just, I knew it, I knew it was going to happen immediately. And I was like, I'm not going to stick around for, you see it. I just know what's going to happen. So I sent up my tweet and I left. And, uh, yeah. I, I already knew where it was going to go. I just already knew. Yeah, man. Can't have nothing these days, apparently. You know, they're going to make it all about themselves. You know, 
all this other shit. Look, man, I don't know about you, James. When I watch the Young Bucks wrestle people, it don't be feeling to me like they wrestled a match for themselves. Like, I don't... <laughs> like, it don't ever quite add up. You know, this... this these imaginary um, narratives, you know, I, I seem to recall. I'm not even going to go down the list. You guys know the list. We're all smart here. Obviously, it's uh, loud talk from, admittedly, people that have, I don't know, man. I don't even know how to describe it, but like, what, it wasn't even on my, like my mind at first. It was like, yo, this is cool. Sting wanted this. This is a cool match. That's enough for me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's I enough for wait. most fans. But like, you know, if you're I can't online wait. and you and you're involved in the discourse, then you know, like, people gonna have sides on this, of course, because the unbox are divisive because because of who they are. <laughs> Because well, they exist. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It's. We're going to hear from them this week. Uh, so I'm sure they'll have a uh, something to say. So um, they ha- got two months to get there, whatever they're doing with Sting. Um, however, they can make it special for them. I hope they do so. They wasted a lot of time thus far. So even if you got to make a call, to Paul Levesque and say, hey, how can you help us here? Can you provide footage? Can you can you do something? They'll probably tell you to go fuck yourself, but you got to call. Like, <laughs> like you got to try for Sting. As much as Sting has uh, done for this promotion, he's your legend now. Like, he's... Like you continue to merchandise Sting after Sting lays it down, you continue to hold the legacy of Sting after Sting lays it down. Yep. Now, you, you know what, Rich? I was gonna, um, I was gonna save this until Revolution, but whatever. We're here now. Remember when like Sting showed up at Winter's Coming? And like yeah. the immediate, and the immediate thought was like, "Oh my God, is he going to politic to get the belt?" Oh my God, is he? You know, he's going to be, he's gonna be the, beating the people up the right and all this other shit. Remember that? Yes. How'd that work out? All these years later, now. I mean, he was is not, undefeated. Was this not one of the more successful like ways to like to like use a legend in like the history of pro wrestling? <laughs> If you had to list the five greatest booking accomplishments of Tony Khan, the restoration and preservation of Sting is absolutely in that list. And, like, it has gone in a way and grown, quite frankly, because when they first brought him in, they were like, yo, you can do cinematic matches, right? But what we found out was that was an old man full of pride, full of wanting to work to the standard, wanting to retake his own legacy that it feel like they took him out. WWE took him out back themselves and ended that shit on their terms. No sting now gets to lay it down on his terms, bro. 
Sting has never been like the number one wrestler for me. I've always just liked Sting or whatever and thought it was cool when I was growing up. Bro, and Sting lays it down, bitch. I might cry. Like, <laughs> like, and it's like kind of hitting me now. It's like, damn, I maybe I really do love Sting. And yes, uh Brewhaven asking, is AEW the best Sting run? For me, it is. Like, <laughs> I mean, like I was I was too young for a lot of the stuff in WCW. Like, and a lot of they- it was you know, like this. I did watch TNA. WWE, definitely not. Yep. Uh, Sting had higher peaks, obviously, um, in, in WCW slash um, NWA. But as far as, like, this is 18 straight months. Like, He's never done anything bad. It's all been quality stuff. It's low stakes, sure, but it's like it's it's always fun. It's always a blast. Crowd's always super over for him. The matches always work. I think you know, like he's only had like maybe like I don't know how many matches he had fifty matches in in AEW something like that. He, there may have been like two that stunk or two that weren't Bro. good. No it's, one it's, shows it's really up amazing. to wrestles. No one shows up to wrestle Sting and mails it in. Everyone shows up for Sting out of how much they respect him, and they bust their ass in there with Sting, and Sting fucking matches them. Like, and it's like, of course he's gonna go into this match with the Bucks, and like, he it's a night off, damn near. It's like this is a fucking victory lap, man. Right. Like the, the people that don't want to see this, it's like there's gonna be. I'm I'm sorry. I love you. There's going to be that stuff in there just for them, and I I hope they get nice and worked by it. Mm-hmm. But for Sting, this is a victory lap. He's done the hard work in AEW. Now he gets essentially like to get led through the match by like at least in Nick's case, like one of the greatest minds in the history of like this business for putting matches together. Mm-hmm. What do y'all think is going to fucking happen in this? Right. The crowd's going to go fucking crazy. Everyone's going to be crying. It's going to be emotional. It's going to be spectacular all in one. Darby's going to go fucking nuts. Whatever they do to sign off with each other. Bro, we're looking at a legendary moment in wrestling waiting to happen. And people, all they want to do is hate their way through it. Like, yeah. I'm so fucking tired of these niggas, man. <laughs> So I, I said fifty matches. I, I overspoke. It's, it's like twenty four on the match guide, right? I'm looking at cage match right, right now. Right. Twenty four matches. Only three of them are not above six star. Above six. Hmm. Like he's had nothing but quality matches. He's had three stinkers in in basically three years. Amazing. Yeah. But yeah, that was dynamite. Yeah, man. I think. Do we have anything else? That's it, man. Yeah, I think that's it, man. Yeah. Um. So, thanks for listening, y'all. That's the end of the show. Be sure to rate us on whatever um app you're using to listen to this with. Um. And uh, let's see. Do we have the? No, we don't. Uh, if you are listening from the podcast, be sure to go to or listening from. Uh, I'm sorry. From. I am sorry. If you're listening, um, or watching from the stream. Go to the podcast. Go to the show notes, and go to our Word Circle link and donate there. 
and be sure to listen to other shows on the network. Besides One Nation Radio, you have Keeping It Strong Style. You have All Things Elite. You have Imps WWE Adventures. You have uh, Russell Things with, or sorry, Russell Art with Chris Things. You have Tunnel Talk. You have the Trish and Sarah Wrestling Podcast. And you have All Things Elite. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace.